This is Mindset for Success, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the familiar, but not often talked about, deep-rooted emotional experiences that successful females have when setting up their businesses, and we learn how they overcame them. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen. I'm pleased to welcome to today's show, Alexa Hampton. Thank you, Alex, so much for joining me. So happy to be here. I'm going to talk a little bit about your background. After a decade in venture capital, where she spent time both as an investor and an operational leadership, then went on as a co-founder to self-made because she believed in democratizing access to credible resources and conversations focused on mental health and emotional wellness. Thank you again for joining me today, Alexa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what you're speaking here about is so so central to all these conversations and struggles and just challenges in my life right now as, as an entrepreneur. So I'm really excited to contribute and yeah, join this community. Thank you. Can you share a little bit about your entrepreneur path, sort of starting back in VC Capital and how you found your way to self-made? Yeah. In fact, I mean, even taking a step back, I think I would describe my path even earlier than that to this point as pretty non-linear. Um, you know, I grew up as thinking as someone who always thought I knew what I wanted to do. So I, I thought I was going to be a lawyer since I was like in middle school. So I was an English major in undergrad, uh, worked for law firms um, after I, I graduated, took the LSATs, did all the things, started my applications and realized, um, you know, I think in the nick of time that I didn't want to be a lawyer. So I, I pivoted and decided to go to business school um, for, you know, the reason that I just wanted to learn kind of how to how to be in a different world. So I switched courses there. Then, yes, as, as you mentioned, spent about 10 years in venture capital, um, you know, in in the world of startups, but very much on the other side of the table, as they like to say. So, you know, again, kind of making this pivot felt um, felt big, but also, you know, really important and, and aligned to kind of bigger missions I have, you know, outside of, outside of my work. But, you know, I'm not a traditional first-time entrepreneur. You know, I'm, I'm almost 40 years old, which is pretty rare for a first-time founder. Um, I have a family. I have two small kids. You know, it's a very interesting time in life to be doing something that's that's so unpredictable. But I think, you know, my my willingness to kind of in the past, you know, when I when I pivoted before to go off kind of the beaten path has made this feel, you know, a bit more comfortable, though certainly um, this lifestyle is packed with challenges. You and I talked before we came on here about how in your VC days, you knew how to do about 95% of what you were being asked to do. And in your self-made days, you experienced knowing less than 95%, whatever, and that sometimes um, that can feel overwhelming. Um, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about how you manage all the new stuff being expected of you. Yeah, well, sometimes more gracefully than others, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's absolutely right. You know, I was at a firm before where I'd been there kind of since the beginning. I had such such deep institutional knowledge that, um, you know, I was often the one who people are coming to for answers. And if I didn't have the answer, I could find it in five minutes. 
where we are now as a business and just like what this life entails, like I don't even know what questions to be asking a lot of days. Um, And so it is very, I mean, different doesn't even do it justice. You know, it can be super destabilizing. Um, I think while I've always challenged myself throughout my life, I think I've done so kind of in the context or within institutions or within infrastructures where it would have been pretty hard for me to fail, right? And in this case, you know, just statistically, right, especially having spent as long as I have in the VC space, you know, the majority of startups fail. I certainly don't believe that we're going to. Um, I, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing if I did. But, you know, that kind of just baseline knowledge that, you know, in this type of endeavor, failure is a real possibility and how, um, you know, I've really had to take a step back and think about what that means to me. Like, what am I doing (laughs) in this Mm -hmm. situation where there is such high risk, right? Um, As opposed to like, kind of where I where I come from. Um, I think it's I think it's been a real opportunity for me to kind of um, almost like reparent myself in a way. Um, in terms of like, my worth is not based on my achievements. Um, Whatever happens here, I'm learning every single day. You know, the people I'm surrounded by are inspiring in, you know, ways I never could have imagined. Like those types of conversations are ones I need to have with myself often in order to kind of keep going forward into something that, as I said, is just inherently much riskier than anything I've ever done. And most days I'm able to do it pretty pretty well. And there are days that I can, and those days are okay as well. You know, just kind of being patient with myself, doing a lot of learning. Um, And I think it's really important as, you know, a co-founder in a business like this, to be honest about that, because, you know, I know folks on our team have days like that as well, where sometimes this just does feel too momentous or too scary or too challenging. And so we're just, we try to leave a really open forum for everyone, you know, who's working on, on self-made to um, share where they are with that, because I think it's, it's just a very, it's a very honest part of this journey. So if I'm understanding correctly, being a co-founder of self-made is maybe the first time that you weren't so sure that you knew how to do it all. I don't know if that's fair. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, like I, you know, I've always, I've always been a learner. I love, I love school. I love challenges. So I I have definitely had to learn how to be good at things. But up until this point, I've always chosen things where there was a pretty clear path for me to learn how to be good at it. Right. And Mm -hmm. in this case, again, like saying what I said earlier is, is so I think representative of the experience, but I don't even know what questions to be asking some days. And so that is a very big, has, has, has been a very big learning curve. And so what drew you to wanting to become a co-founder at Salesmade, given that you didn't necessarily have the rule book? Um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> going back to kind of the first question, I've never been someone who was like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like that's never been, it's always been super interesting to me. And obviously existing in the VC space for a decade, you know, so many compelling and exciting stories. So you do get a bit of that bug, but I've never been someone who was like, this is something, this is on my bucket list. This is what I, something I must do. Stephanie, the, our, our founder and CEO, um, is, is we have a good mutual friend. And so when she was getting ready to launch the business, we, um, you know, had kind of a casual conversation and didn't necessarily expect that this is where it was going to go. 
but the conversation just kind of kept growing. And the more I learned, the more I wanted to be involved. And so it was the mission um, and the opportunity were compelling enough to me that it was it was time for me to kind of step away mm-hmm. from the the certainties and kind of predictability um, and stability of, of my last job to to dive headfirst into this. So it was really the the narrative and the opportunity that Stephanie has kind of built here was enough to to inspire me to, to make this move. Tell me a little bit about where do you think the value comes from in your life of wanting to work hard to make mental health accessible to your customers? I think that mental health is something that has kind of Um, many people think it like it lives in a bubble outside their kind of regular day-to-day life. And I think one of the most powerful things that we can do for people, for humanity in general, really is like bring these conversations into what's happening on every single day as you move through things that don't feel even like that big of a deal, but accessing tools around mental health, even conversations, even vocabulary, knowing how to name your feelings, like that can be so incredibly impactful. It's all the little moments that turn into big moments. And so, you know, I grew up in a house where we talked about feelings. I had access to mental health uh, professionals, tools, resources when I needed them, both because of the way that we talk, dealt with feelings in my family and, um, you know, the privilege that I had to have access to mm-hmm. all types of healthcare whenever I needed it. Um, and I realized, you know, that that that's not the case for most people. And so giving folks a way to learn about themselves so that they can, you know, fully step into their self-worth, their rights, you know, to to build lives that fill them up rather than just drain them was is is why I'm here. I have a, you know, I have a young daughter. She's 6 years old. She's in first grade and she's already, you know, starting to have really interesting um and sometimes mm-hmm quite complex feelings about how she exists in this world. And, you know, I just, I truly believe kind of like the earlier, the better, the more people are comfortable talking about their feelings, naming their feelings, the better their long-term kind of like mental health will be. I don't, I don't think this is a replacement for therapy, but I think the more comfortable people are even thinking about their feelings and then talking about their feelings, the more likely they are to seek additional resources if they need them. So it's really like about lowering the bar Mm -hmm. um, and increasing access. You strike me also as a woman who has a strong capability to persevere through difficult times. Where do you think this comes from, especially in terms of in your new job, uh, uh, self-made when you get sometimes overwhelmed with what you have to do. Um, that's that's very nice to hear because I don't know <laughs> that I don't know if I would have described myself that way, or at least maybe not two two years ago. But yeah, I mean, there have been two the two hardest things I've done in my life have also been the most most rewarding. So one is becoming a becoming a mother. Um, I had, as I mentioned, my daughter's she's my oldest, so she's about six years old. That was kind of the first experience in my life to where I realized all the preparation in the world wouldn't have made me ready to do something that I had no idea how to do. Um, and I laugh about it now, but it was, it was really hard for me. I had pretty bad postpartum depression and really struggled that first year in ways that I 
never could have expected. So I think I, that was a huge, huge learning uh, chapter of my life. And then in a lot of ways, this is similar, right? Like doing something that I, I don't really know how to do. The consequences feel very large. <laughs> feels like right. a lot of the responsibility for this is like on my shoulders. But, you know, being able to break things down one step at a time, one day at a time, one decision at a time is 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 a similar way to kind of how I approached the challenges that I had, that I had with parenting. So I think those have been two really good learning lessons for me where even if the answers right aren't right in front of me, like I'm, I'm capable of starting to look for them. And, and I think the other thing that the parallel in terms of like being able to persevere is, um, you know, falling is not failure, right? Like Mm -hmm. making mistakes does not mean you start over or you give up or you walk away. Like mistakes are part of the process. And I think even being able to kind of relabel that, you know, not mistake sounds, uh, there's judgment there, right? So it's like a learning opportunity. And it's things I have to remind myself of every single day. But if I couldn't do that, if I couldn't kind of reframe those things, there's no way I could be doing this. Um, and there's no way I'd be a good parent either, right? Because yeah, like, it, it's surprisingly I mean, like similar, right? Totally. Yeah, it's surprisingly similar to start your own, or I should say co-found self-made and become a mom and not have the rule book. Mm-hmm. So there's something about you that likes to be challenged. And what is the emotional benefit that you get from ch- being challenged? Wow, that's a really good question. I think on the surface, the emotional benefit is that, and this is this is where I've had to do some, like I said, some relearning, some reprocessing, some kind of reparenting of myself. But like the challenge, uh, if le- if it leads to success, right, leads to to accolades, and just very honestly, like I'm someone who like works for applause, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just how I grew up. It's it's who I am. I think that is not necessarily the most positive part, right? Because then if you don't get that applause, like, does that, what does that say about all the effort that went into it? So that's the, that's the challenge part that I think is a little bit less healthy, (laughs) but something Mm -hmm. I'm working through. Um, The other part of liking a challenge is just like, I really deeply love learning. I honestly could, would be a student for the rest of my life if I could. Maybe someday I'll find a way to just be a, a lifelong student, but this is the the next best thing I've ever found in terms of really starting from scratch, sometimes many days mm-hmm. in a row, and really being able to reflect on that growth. So I, I like that part of the challenge a lot. Yeah, I would say that you're actually a student now at Self-Made. Totally. I, think part, I think part of that is absolutely true, like it was to be a first-time mom. Totally. Um, Looking backwards, does it surprise you that you have so much passion for self-made? I don't think it does surprise me. If I didn't have the passion, I definitely wouldn't have the energy to do this. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. like it's like the fire that drives the ship for me at this point. Um, so it doesn't surprise me. It is what what is amazing is how I think you know every day no matter what you do for work, right? Like what every day of a job, any job is not exciting, right? So a lot of days it's like, I Mm -hmm. have to spend the next three hours catching up on emails or like Mm -hmm. I have to do bills or, you know, I have to, I don't know, read through 
a backlog of deliverables that I haven't caught up on from, from other folks on our team. And so it's just, it feels kind of like work, but what being in this situation does and working for a company like this, a company at this stage is I don't have to step very far away from those kind of, you know, what sometimes feel like menial tasks to be reminded of, of the why. Mm -hmm. So I think when I've worked in like larger organizations or institutions, you get more separated from the why. Um, and so being this close to the why, having so much agency about like the decisions we're making every single week, it kind of like, I think there's like a feedback loop there. So you feel the passion, you do that kind of work, it fills you back up, it gives you more passion to kind of keep going and going and going. Yeah, I, I think I kind of veered away from your question there, but um, but the the passion piece is so, so critical. It'd be- right, and, and, it, and it's close by, outside of your inbox of 500 emails, eventually it's right there in front of you. So it's like a feedback loop of, oh, I'm doing the right thing, even if I don't want to do this drudgery of what I'm doing right this minute. Totally. A much, a much tighter feedback loop, you know, getting the opportunity to literally, you know, have one-on-one conversations with our earliest customers, or, you know, we have a junior advisory board of 24 young, um, diverse Gen Z uh, folks who are helping us to really like think about the direction of this brand. And so we'll have meetings with them and, you know, I'm trudging through my day, Zoom call after Zoom call after Zoom call, and all of a sudden I have, you know, 45 minutes with these folks and like hear how the conversations that we're bringing to the table or the products that we've introduced to their lives have like really had an impact. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, that gives you the fuel to keep going back to the Zoom meetings and, and the logistics pieces um, every single time. So super grateful for that. Last question. How do you talk down the fear you have so you don't get stuck in the weeds? Oh, uh, I mean, it's a great question. I'm very, I'm very, I take it back, like very simply, you know, like I go stand outside with my face in the sun and my feet on the ground and like remind myself that like foundationally I'm, I'm, I'm safe. I'm okay. Healthy. I have, you know, beautiful family. Like everything is, is, is fundamentally okay. But those, those, like those conversations are necessary with self at this moment in time, for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. you know, meditation, I, um, I mean, I've always been in therapy, but I'm in therapy every week now, like just, just really working on those pieces. Um, because without it, it would, it would be pretty easy to get to get lost. So self-care, you know, and, and, and authentic self-care, you know, the, the brand as a brand, we talk a lot about self-care and how particularly from a product standpoint, that's been kind of co-opted. Um, but really learning what like really taking care of myself means, um, Mm -hmm. has been a necessary part of this journey and, you know, a huge gift to myself. Um, another lesson I'll get to take with me for forever. So. Alexa, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. It was it was a treat. Always love always love chatting with you. Tell me where can folks find out uh, more about you? Yeah. So so check out our our website is beselfmade.co. So b e word selfmade.co. Um, we're again you know about democratizing access to conversations and community um, centered on emotional health and mental wellness, and we're doing that through the lens of personal care products. So really lovely um, and diverse product suite um, and, and bringing it to folks who are already interested 
and spending time and money on themselves, but kind of drawing a deeper connection to what self-care really means. So each product we release as part of an ecosystem focused on different concepts. Um, our first product is a face serum called Secure Attachment. So all the programming is around attachment styles. Our second product is called True Grit. Um, it's a scrub, a scalp and body scrub, and all the conversation and community is around resilience. Um, and our third product is called Self-Disclosure. Uh, it's an intimacy serum. So taking into intimacy back to kind of a more foundational place with self and thinking about what, you know, emotional intimacy means um, even before you start thinking about the physical parts of that. Um, and we're on Instagram also at, uh, at beselfmade.co. So all of our social handles are, are the same. Great. Thank you so much, Alexa. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks, you as well. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital DIY startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knutson. Please drop me a line at mindsetforsuccess at weglobalstudios.com. See you next week.